Anyway, uh, I was in the Boundary Waters this last week thinking of you guys. I wish the screen did a better job of showing these. I'll put some pictures on Facebook so you can see them, but it was serene and peaceful and beautiful, and so you were in my thoughts and prayers as I was connecting with God in the wilderness. Um, I've spent some quality time with friends lately, and so I wanted to... Uh, we're going to go through a community discipline this morning, but it really revolves around um, the ability to be honest with each other and not just silly or and not that there's not times to just fool around and have fun and do that, but that when we're, if we're spending some time together, uh, a coffee date, dinner, a hangout in the afternoon, I spent a long drive with a friend recently, I was at the Boundary Waters with another friend this week. Uh, you really hope that the conversation goes deeper, that there's something more of life, something inspiring, something honest about what you're hoping to accomplish, what you're struggling with that you're not, that the areas we'd like to see ourselves growing more. I don't like fake. It's, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like a friendship anymore. It just feels like we're just filling the time or pretending or something else. Um, and pretending that we're all perfect and everything is great when... There seems to be life has got this balance of, yes, there's some amazing things we're celebrating, but there's, there's struggle and there's hardship and it's hard. And it's kind of why we built in even the prayer circles at the end of Bloom is to have those moments to experience that together as a community, that sharing what we need prayer for and what we're excited and celebrating for. There's beauty in this transparency and this honesty and this kind of life. And friendships really do get amazing when we can dive into honesty this way. Um, strengths, weaknesses, what we've learned, what we're hoping to, what we're struggling with. Um, I've spent some time, even with my dad lately, wanting to hear what, what were his mistakes growing up, or especially in marriage, because I'm coming up in 20 years, and I'm like, where, where, where'd you mess up? Where could you have done better? What can I learn from you so I don't make the same stupid mistake? And not that it's, he's stupid, but we're human, and we can make easy mistakes to learn from each other. And man, it's, been, it's made some deep conversation together. It's not just how you doing, what needs to be fixed in the house. It's like, help me learn from what's been going on. And I think there's, there's something beautiful about the request too. Like, help me learn from your mistakes versus someone just being like, when I was your age, I, you know, it's, I don't know, there's an invitation to, I, I want to learn. I want to be a part of what's going on. That's um, that's amazing. And I think there's power and there's healing in this kind of transparency. Uh, and it's something that the Bible calls confession to one another. It's a community discipline. Uh, we try to go through disciplines every, like, I don't know, anywhere from six to 12 weeks to throw one in, to practice, to have it be a part of our life. Because it's not easy. It's something you, you start to pay more attention to. It's why they're called disciplines. They're, they're little nudges, actions that we try to purposely set in our life as we hope to follow Jesus. Uh, and there are things to help with that. I mean, sometimes disciplines can look like just religious rigmarole to try to earn something, but that's one side of a ditch. Uh, the beauty of it is it really is something that we can embrace and help us to experience more of uh, community of God with each other, more of the kingdom of heaven here on earth, more of even our own lives transformed into the life of Jesus if we practice together some of these things. And this being a community discipline versus just discipline, meaning it requires other people. You can't do it alone. Um, and so uh, there's something about these opportunities to 
give each other empathy and compassion and a lending ear and our own stories, that we satisfy this human need for connection, but we also at the same moment are creating this, this family of God, this kingdom of heaven all around us. And I think all of us are looking for true community as we're going to church. And as we start to follow Jesus, I think we, we, we begin to realize, oh my goodness, I don't think you can do this alone. This is not just me and God talking alone, and that's my whole spiritual path. There's something about the way Steve sees God or the way uh, Jesus or Doug sees God that it just starts to uh, broaden the picture. We see a clearer picture of Jesus. We see more of what's going around us. And so today we're talking about the community discipline of confession one to another, this talking about what's hard. Uh, I think confession has had a uh, interesting uh, way of being taught at times. Uh, I mean, the Catholic Church has you confess to a priest and he gives um, prayers that you should give based on how bad he thinks your confession are. But this is a really legalistic way of looking that everything is wrong. If we look at how James talks about this, this confessing one to another, I think it gives us a little better light of what we're talking about here. This, this notion of the Bible telling us to shoulder each other's burdens, to be in family and community together where we're, we're, we're shouldering, we're helping, we're there for one another. It's a community building process. And if you look at the beginning of, well, the whole book of James is this building community together. But chapter 5, which is the, his final chapter, so this is, finishes the book out, he really gets into um, being a community together and what this looks like. And if we start in verse 9, he says, don't waste your breath complaining about one another. If you judge others, you're going to be judged yourself. And in verse 13, he says, are there any in your community who are suffering? Then they should pray. Are there any that are celebrating? You should sing praises to God. Are there any that are sick? You should call the elders of the church and ask them to pray. There's this sharing of struggle and celebration that is community he's talking about and then verse 16 he says so own up to your sins one to another and pray for one another in the end you may be healed there's this healing that james talks about with when we're talking to one another Um, other translations say instead of own up to your sins we'll say confess your sins one to another this is where we get the verse from the message is amazing it says make this your common practice Confess your sins and shortcomings to each other and pray for each other so you can live together whole and healed. There's something about, about honesty with what's going on that takes us to this place of finding healing, finding wholeness, finding community together because this whole chapter of James is how we find community. There's something about this level of honesty that this practice gives us that creates a whole new level of community together. Uh, a really weird side note this same word that says confess here is also translated other times in the New Testament as praise. So there, there's, there's a lot of depth here and a lot of things to be said, but the discipline that has, has followed this is there's something about being honest with where we want to be and where we're missing. But we just got done with the whole series of what does Jesus change on these things and how does it illuminate these things differently, and I think it does. I think, I think we're not just talking about the Ten Commandments and saying, oh, I was angry with my brother last week, and I shouldn't. Jesus says that we've all been forgiven already, so this isn't about forgiveness. We're all completed in his forgiveness already. It's about who we've been called to be, the opportunity to be the kingdom of, of heaven, the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and where we're like, man, I'm, I'm, what's going on here? Have I, have I missed something? We're all participants. I'm going a little ahead of myself. We're all, um, we all at times can... Um, be a part of messing up 
God's shalom or peace or wholeness in the world, that we can vandalize it, we can trip it up, we can get in the way because we're being selfish or we're in a hurry or whatever. It's, we're human. It's going to happen all the time. And it's, um, it's the ability to, do we think that separates us from God and from each other or do we realize that this is all covered by Jesus and so we can be honest about it? Like if everything we've been talking about the last four weeks is true, if God loves us that much, that he showers his love even on his enemies, and that he's done everything so that we know that we're in perfect communion with him, then why wouldn't, what, what do we have to be afraid of, to be honest, with what's going on in life? Romans 8 tells us there's no condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus, so this isn't a condemning thing. This isn't a, oh, I've missed it. It's a, man, I, I've called to be one thing, and I was inspired to love someone this way, and I missed the mark. I missed the opportunity, and I want to be better at that. Or I haven't been generous uh, with my finances towards hurricane relief right now, and I really want to do something like that. I, I'm, I'm entering into a communal relationship with you guys to say, keep me, check on me. This is something I feel like God's stirring up on the inside of me. I want to be this, more this way. We've taught on the word uh, repentance a couple times. The Hebrew word for repentance is teshuva, meaning return to goodness. It's realizing, oh my goodness, this is not who I was created to be. I am called something higher. My DNA is the same DNA as the creator. I have the potential to love the way God loves, and I'm just, I'm, I'm inspired to do it more, and here's the way I'm inspired, and I need your help to keep me going down that path together. Um, that shouldering the burden, this, this helping each other, doesn't drive us apart. It really unites us together. There's, we don't find commonality and connection in, oh my goodness, Shira is the perfect Christian. Let's just shower her with praise of being the perfect Christian. I feel closer to her now in her perfection. No, I feel closer when I'm like, oh dude, Ryan messes up the way I do. Like, we got to talk about that. I've made that same mistake. I've, I get mad and cut off drivers too or whatever. There's something about the way we live that we see, that we see our fragility and our mistakes as a connecting point, as humanity. And that should unite us, but it also should be that rallying cry to be like, okay, but how do we together get to someplace better? Where has God been inspiring you to be more like him? What's that look like? How are you going to try to walk that out this next week? How can I help with that? How can I next week check on you and be like, how's that going, Ryan? Have you been able to do that? We're, how can you be Jesus to your wife more? And how can I be to Amy more? And how do we keep each other like in check? Not that we're in trouble if we don't. It's that how do we help each other to honestly be there, have each other's back as we're being inspired to do this? Or is it all just self-reflection? If I feel inspired to love someone a different way, to be Jesus to them, do I just keep it all inside? Or is there a way to share it? Is there a way to be in community together? And that's why we're talking about this as a discipline, because this verse says that there's a healing and a wholeness that comes from sharing and where we've either missed it or sharing where we want to go and where Christ is inspiring us to take ourselves. Uh, it allows us to take this, this healthy look at how we're doing in some areas. Um, I want to first look at gifts of the Holy Spirit because I really think that this isn't, uh, this isn't like looking at the Ten Commandments and figuring out where we're going. Jesus says that I've, I've fulfilled all that on your behalf, but he inspires us to something more. And then Galatians 5, it says the Holy Spirit is producing something already in our lives. And really, if we're looking at Teshuvah, this, these things are already in us. It's just bringing it forth. These are our nature. It says the Holy Spirit produces a different kind of fruit, unconditional love, 
joy, peace, patience, kind-heartedness, goodness, faithfulness. Or again, I'm going to bounce to the message translation because it's just fluffier and good. It says, what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way fruit appears in an orchard, things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that the basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life. We're able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. This is what the Spirit of God is producing on the inside of us, or maybe reminding you that's already there, that's who you are, that's what you're made to be. These things are in us, and the Holy Spirit produces this. And so if we're thinking about talking about this in a group, being honest with where we're at, isn't this one of the lists we should use? I'm looking to see more uh, of a, a holiness that permeates things and people. I feel like God is trying to show me that. And do you see that in your life? How do you see that? How do you practice that? How can I see this more? Because I'm not seeing it. I'm struggling with this. I'm seeing corruption and selfishness and death everywhere I look. How do I see this holiness that permeates people? Ryan, what does that look like to you? Like, what's, what's going on in your life? And Ryan might be like, dude, I'm struggling with the same thing. I may see it in these glimpses or when this happens, but man, when I see um, countries just acting out of financial gain and not the best for the people, it brings me down and and makes me hopeless. And that's the kind of honesty that all of a sudden starts binding us together and producing something else in our life. Um, If we look at what Jesus uh, tells us um, encourages us to do. He, he brings love to a whole other level. Love others as I've loved you. And so he gives this challenge and we're looking at our lives and how am I not loving? Like how can I love better? And we, uh, we obviously are going to find moments where we're like, oh, I did not love the way Jesus loved right there. Like I could have done that better. And I can keep that to myself or I can trust that God's not mad at me. You're not mad at me and I can be honest where I've messed up, where I've missed things, where it's loving my neighbor, loving the foreigner, like the scriptures talk about, loving our, my enemy, Loving the way that he loved me. This kind of stuff is deep stuff that it's going to take more than a lifetime to look perfect. So if we have assurance that Jesus loves us and has forgiven us and that we're cool with God, why can't we be, have this state of honesty with one another and practice this? Maybe it's generosity. He talks about a generosity that just isn't just money but time and talents and a life that's lived not for self but for others. Where are you inspired to be more generous? Who knows where you're striving to be more generous in this room? Is there someone other than the person you live with that knows where you're pressing yourself, where you're hoping for more, where you're desiring to see more of the life of Jesus in your own life? Maybe it's being a peacemaker. We've spent a lot of time looking at even just violence in lieu of God these last four weeks and how he is peaceful and loving and called us to be peacemakers. So, How does this look in our life? Where we may be creating division, pain, hurt, gossip, where we could be making peace. And it's not maybe even where you're messing up, but where you could go farther. I've been living this way for 38 years. I would love to go beyond this. Like, and I wanted to tell someone because I'm inspired by God to move. And I'm hoping that you'll ask me and help and be there with me as I'm as I'm trying to do this. there's that part in, in Romans where Paul is listing off a group of people's mistakes they've been making. And in, murder is in the list. 
along with a bunch of other stuff. And at the very end of the list, he says, worse than all this stuff, they've been gossiping. And so it's this like just spreading whatever talk about each other's back instead of honestly talking about it together. Because I think gossip and this, this um, communal discipline of being open and honest with our shortcomings, with them, I think they're in different ditches. One, I'm in front of you and I'm helping you and I'm like, Doug, let's do this together. Where are we inspired to be better? The opposite, and it's honesty between each other, is Doug's not here and it's me and you being like, dude, isn't Doug missing it? Like, geez, he, what's up with that guy? Like, it is completely the opposite spectrum. One is bringing us closer, it's creating life. One is destructive. And Paul says, even a list that includes death, worst of all these, is gossip that's going on. Um... positivity versus negativity. We're called to be light and a salt and a grace and a help. And so do we find ourselves being negative in an area? Can we be open? Can we be honest? Can we talk about what God has been putting on our heart to change? Maybe it's an area that he, you feel called to serve in because you see a need in our community. Maybe it's child hunger or reading or sex trafficking or something that is just stirring in your heart. And are you just going to stay still about it forever or do you want to do something in it if we really start to look at scriptures, it says it's going to be hard to just do it on your own. Where if someone knows and is praying for you and is asking, how's that going? Have you been able to do anything? Can I go with you and serve somewhere or help in this area? There's power, there's healing, there's something that happens here that's so much more. Um, I think there's pitfalls to this practice of discipline. Uh, flattery and condemnation are, one, are, the, are two big ones. I think on one sense... Again, we need to remember that there's no condemnation in Jesus. So whatever practice this is, it isn't like, a, ooh, you are missing it. Shoot. Like, you should, you should check that. I wouldn't tell anybody else because that is freaky stuff. Like, you should, you should feel ashamed. Like, that is, that is the opposite of what we're looking for. But we're also not looking for flattery. Like, ooh, look at what I've done for Jesus this week. Like, I've served all here. You should be like me. Like, that just looks ridiculous. And it just seems gross when we see people do it or organizations do it. Like, look at how many people we're helping. We're amazing. It's... There's a ditch here of self-flattery that we're not looking for either. Um, if we're all forgiven, it's not about that. But maybe it's about reminding each other that we're forgiven at times as well. If someone's like, man, I just I'm, keep struggling with, I get pissed at my mom so quick, and I'm mad at her, and I don't know why, and then we don't talk for two weeks, and I try to be helpful, and I'm just mad at her again because she says something dumb. Maybe it's just, maybe we just need to be reminded, dude, you're... Don't forget that you're already forgiven. Like, this is, God's not looking down and shielding you from his love now because you've made this mistake. He's in this with us. Like, this is life. And how do we get through it? Like, are you stressed out somewhere else? What's making you be short with mom? How can I help? I'll just be praying. And maybe it's that reassurance of the love of God is what we need when we're being vulnerable and honest and not to like, ooh, that does suck. Like, you are weird. Like, that is gross what you're doing. Maybe there's something deeper that we're called to um, there's a verse that I should have put it up here, but I added it very last second before leaving the house this morning. One of the foundational, really, verses to our community that has meant a lot to us is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And in verse 18 and 19, Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, All this is a gift from God. And he's pursued us, and he's brought us into a restored and a healthy relationship with him. And he's given us this same mission. The mission of reconciliation, bringing others back to him. It's central to our good news that God was in 
the anointed Jesus, making things right between himself and the world. He made things right between himself and the world. This means he does not hold their sins against them, but it also means that he charges us to proclaim a message that heals and restores our broken relationships with God and with each other. Again, we're seeing the same verbiage, this healing and restoring that comes from this honesty with one another, this kind of transparency that, that um, can take us to a whole new level. Um, it's not just a set of ideals, Christianity. It's not just, it's, it's embodiment of Jesus himself. It's, it's truly, and not just trying to be like Jesus, it's realizing we are Jesus. We've been created the exact same, the spirit of the living God that was inside, motivating, animating, Moving Jesus dwells on the inside of us. And not just recently, has always been there for us. Like he's, he's, he's in there. If we look, maybe we've tucked him in a corner and we haven't listened for a while. Or maybe we do on certain things, but then when it comes to our mom, we're like, I'm not ready, Jesus. Just don't, don't go there. It's my mother. Like, and it's, mom, if you're listening to this, I'm completely not talking about you with any of this. Like, I'm looking to the sky like, that's cyberspace. This is not you. This is illustration. Um, so if, if it's this, maybe some of the questions we ask ourselves is, where did I resist Jesus this week? Where did I feel that, that inspiration to be different, to be better, to love differently? And where did I be like, ooh, I'm not ready for that? And even that, ooh, I'm not ready for that? We're human. We have done that probably daily, every single one of us, if not hourly, somewhere. And what would it be like to be able to be honest with that? Oh, yeah, I feel like God wants me to love this person more, and I just am not ready yet. And so, but maybe that's an invitation to have someone help praying and to talk about it and to hear that someone else is like, oh, yeah, my person is Billy. Three cubicles down, the guy just never shuts up. He's like a mouse on steroids when he gets into the office in the morning. Like, it's just, I need extra grace for Billy. Um... As we're looking at our life with this, I should have put this on the screen because this is really worth noting. When it comes to looking at our life where we're being inspired by Jesus to do something better or where we've been inspired to do something and we just keep rejecting it, we've missed the mark, we've got this opportunity in front of us and we've just decided not to take it. I think there's two roads of examining this that we can go down that are either going to take us into one of the ditches or really lead us into health and wholeness, like this verse is talking about. And I think it being analysis versus synthesis. And I've mentioned this once before, but analysis is, if you look at the definition of it, it's tearing something apart. And so are you ripping your life apart, struggling to find all the areas you've missed it? Or synthesis is looking at how things work together, and maybe how I've just, I'm, 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 straying from working together with Christ in this area. I'm missing my DNA. And so one is this ripping apart, and it's, it, it's a destructive nature of the word, and one is this finding where we synthesize, finding where I match, where I'm a little off from that fitting together with things. And so I think a more synthesis approach is what we're looking for, and not this ripping apart. Where am I not synthesizing with God, with the divine song in my life, with those areas I've been called to I've been inspired to love differently. Where am I just out of sync with that? And, and that kind of conversation, a synthesis conversation, that starts bringing us to areas where we really do see how healing and wholeness can come. Because you rip something apart and that thing needs to heal now. And yes, there's healing and wholeness and 
Scripture talks about pruning, but there's, this is something more that we're talking about here. And so I want to get into the how on this a little bit, because this is a community discipline. Um, oh, I did put that screen up there. Okay. Christianity is instead of ideals, but embodiment of Jesus. Self-word, I resist Jesus. How? I think accountability is a big thing. And accountability just meaning I know someone else knows what I'm going through, what I'm inspired to be, what I'm, where I'm trying to synthesize with Christ and is there with me, either in prayers, in thoughts, in checking up. If you look at any of the popular gurus on self-help, Anthony Robbins is going to tell you if other people are in this with you, your chance of success goes up like a thousandfold. If you post your goals on social media so you know that someone's like, oh my God, people know what I'm trying to do, even just that starts to increase your potential. Now what if it's not done in this cold internet way and it is done through your loving community around you and someone else knows what you're going through, you know what they're going through, so it's not a one-way street, it's a like, oh man, I know exactly what Ken is going through right now, what he's struggling with and what he's inspired to be better at and I'm praying for those things and I'm checking up. How's that going? Because I am hoping that Ken is checking on me to be like, Luke, how are your things going? Last week was a tough week. This week is going to be an amazing week. Stay tuned We'll have a beer at the end of it. We'll talk about it. It will feel so much better that you're not in this alone and we're in this together. There's something about this community, this body of Christ that I think this discipline holds true. If together we sense Jesus more, I think this is one of those areas. It's one thing to just pray about something and it's another thing to know that you're in this with his hands, with his feet, with other members together that truly love you the way Christ does, that isn't in this for judging, but is in this for support. They're like, we're going to, yeah, we're going to get to the next place. We're going to get, we're going to see some things happen in each other's lives. So accountability helps produce results, creates community. Someone checks in on you. You're not in this alone any longer. Next is St. Ignatius. Yeah, Ignatius. Oh, man, I don't know how to say the other one. Examine. Very old Christian tradition. This is a, um, uh, he asked himself, uh, where did I work with Jesus today and where did I resist Jesus today? It's this synthesis. Where am I, where am I in line with this song and where have I resisted the song? I've saw it, but I've, I wasn't ready. I was stressed out. I was too busy. I, it just was too big of a stretch for me. Like it just, I wasn't there yet. I needed healing still. I must still be, mad, hurt, disappointed in this person or this situation that has not allowed me to enter into this yet. That should be a sign that we need others to be in this with us, not to dig deeper into this loneliness or this prayer closet alone. It's to invite others in this journey with us. And I love this. This is an old tradition that monks and teachers and followers of Jesus have been using for centuries. Where did I work with Jesus today and where did I resist Jesus today? How did I disrupt shalom, the peace of God, the wholeness of God that's going around us? And how did I help? How did I create that? Where did I have it? How did I enter into the kingdom of heaven or help others enter into it, create the kingdom of heaven? And where did I resist that? Where did I throw a rock in the middle of it or completely trip on what was going on and have it be not a condemning thing to be like, oh, yeah, I did miss that there. And man, I'm excited for the opportunity to go again this week. Where was I selfish and hurt someone else? Where I had an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to trust that he's got me covered so I don't have to fight for Luke. I'm in Jesus. 
So now I can put my eyes on you and be like, what's going on? How can I help? Where can we go? What can we do? It's going to take time sometimes before we feel safe enough to do this, and so it's this starting small, starting to invest in this. Um, I think it's also, I think, oh yeah, I have it on the screen already. This is not just a reflection of the past, but this is excitement and a a push for the future. I think that's where some of the analysis for the synthesis. We're not talking about looking at the past only, like, ooh, I missed it, whatever. This is a push for the future. Doug, where are you inspired? Who are you called to be? What's it look like this next week? Like, what, what have you wanted to do? How to love differently? Maybe it is a passion, and it has nothing to do with anybody else, but there's a God-given passion inside of you that you're just like, I don't think I can do this. Does anyone else know what that is? And if they do, are they praying for it? Can we help be excited and push you for this? Because the friends that were in my life that did this for me made where we're sitting possible today. I needed a lot of people that were excited for something different, that we could do this, that were willing to support me with their prayers, with their thoughts, with their ideas, with their time, with their finances, so that we could have a community in front of us today. They pushed an idea that God birthed on a beach in Duluth uh, with Amy a lot of years ago, almost 10 now. Actually, I think it was probably 10 years ago, 9 or 10 years ago. And this is what happened today. So what could happen if we did that for each other? So the next is going to be start small. Ask a couple people to go out for coffee. And it, I think there's something about doing it here, but I think there's something about incorporating this into all our life. Coworkers, family members, our friends in our life. This should permeate who we are because this is following Jesus. This isn't just following Jesus. It's our whole life. So it should start here. There should be someone in the community that knows what's going on somehow. And it can happen at any event. This doesn't need to be, we can turn anything into an amazing discussion. The girls' bonfire night on Friday night, it sounded like conversation got great around the fire. We were honest, or we, I'm inside. They were honest. It was good stuff that was happening. Um, But yeah, when you're hanging out with a coworker, why why can't we ask what are we inspired to do differently this week? Where, where have we been struggling that, that, is there anything I can help with? Like, is, is there a way to do this? Is there a way to start being honest in more areas? And it doesn't have to sound super Christian-y. Like, we, there's, there's ways to ask this, like what you're inspired to do. Like, I love generosity, because it goes for anybody. I love the question of saying where I've been inspired to be more generous, so not where I'm already being generous, but where I'm hoping to be more generous. So I'm not, look what I'm doing. I would really love to start doing this more. Where are areas in your life that you've been inspired to be more generous? And it makes a really cool conversation. Like people start to be like, man, I've been really thinking about this lately and want to do something about it. Like, that's super cool. Have you thought about how that's going to happen? Can I help with that? Should we go to a meeting? Should we volunteer somewhere? Can we give towards it? I'm going to check in on you next week and see how that's going. Would you see how I'm doing? This can happen with anybody. And legitimately, we're starting to practice this community discipline outside of even our spiritual family, and we start to see God everywhere. We start to see his kingdom everywhere. We start to see that he's actually talking to, wooing, speaking, healing, working with everyone out there. And it's an amazing feeling. We start to see that synthesis of how God is in everything, and all of a sudden, I'm in this with him. Um... Maybe it is intentional. Maybe we're doing Ignatius examine together and maybe it's a hangout and be like, does, what, does anyone want to say what's going on? We did a discipleship group as a community once where we spent time being like, 
throughout the week listening and be like, where do I feel inspired by the Holy Spirit to do differently in my life? Is it love? Is it doing something I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing? Like maybe I'm just watching TV 24-7 or on social media nonstop and this is getting in the way of me doing some of my passions. And the next week we would check in, how did last week go? How did that work for you? We've been praying for you. What's going on? And what is God saying this week? It might be the same exact thing where it might be like, oh, I think it's a little different now. And we were a part of each other's life and checking on that. Maybe it's just being the person to have courage to be like, hey, what's going on? And maybe it just looks like prayer circle. What have you been struggling with that we can pray for? And what have you been celebrating? What are you thankful for? That is something, again, that can be taken into any sphere of life because it's easy. It's, it's simple. But it takes us to number four, which is the gift of going first. A lot of times, it's gotta, you've got to be willing to say your stuff first. To be like, well, I'm struggling with this right now. So keep me in your thoughts. Keep me in your prayers. This is what's going on. But I'm also super thankful that this is happening or I'm inspired to do this differently. And maybe today in our prayer circles, it's not just what we're thankful for. Maybe it is an opportunity to be like something you've been inspired to do or love differently. So I'm giving you extra time now, a whole discussion period and everything else to think about these things. Maybe it's willing to to say something you're inspired to do differently during the week. Um, It's that willingness to ask for prayer and help. It's creating opportunities for people to experience grace. This is our mission conversations like this are opportunities for people to experience the grace and love of Christ without you even saying, P.S., this is Jesus all over it. It, it's, it just is. And you, you know what? When Jesus shows up and we have divine moments, you don't need to say, P.S., this is a God moment because everyone knows it is. You feel it. You know, it doesn't need a stamp of Christianity or a Jesus fish on the bumper. It, it, God is there. It changes things. Uh, if we're doing this as a community, if we want to experience the kingdom of heaven here as a community so that it can spread to our workplaces and these neighborhoods around us and our families and our friends and even all the way up to our enemies or those that seem to be so contrary to everything we stand for, it's, it's going to ha- happen with us being able to be counterculture, which is an openness, which is an honesty, which is a non-condemning, atmosphere of like, oh, man, I am thankful you shared what you're struggling with, what you're inspired to do different. I'm going to be there. I'm praying, and I'm going to open up and share what I'm going through, what I'm inspired to do differently, what I'm inspired to love differently. We're going to experience a freedom and a healing and a wholeness that is a whole other level that truly could be stated as the kingdom of heaven. There is something amidst us that changes, our relationship changes. Someone walking in Sunday morning can taste the difference, I imagine, in the air of that kind of connection with the group of people. I'm not saying we're doing it wrong. I see it happen in little pockets all the time. But this is a discipline. So this one is, don't just let it happen, happenstance. This is, hey, for the next 6, 12, 15 weeks, what if we actually intentionally tried practicing this more? To put it in place, to look differently, to actually tried to add this to our life. What would that look like? What would it feel like? What would our community look like? Where can we go from there? Let's invite Jesus in, and then we'll go into uh, discussion and see what happens. Oh, Jesus, we just, we invite you into our lives. We need help with this one. Uh, this level of honesty, and, and, and an honesty that is forward-moving momentum, not condemning, that, that synthesis, that synthesizing conversation. We want that to help us to experience your love, your grace, your kingdom, 
not just as a community, but all those who touch us, that are around us, that are with us, that we could bring into this world. We invite you in and we ask to be partakers of this ongoing creation of the world, that we would, through conversation, through community, be able to be honest with those areas that we see uh, that we're inspired to be more like you and to ask for the prayer and the help and that, that healing and wholeness that James talks about, that sense of community we would be able to experience that and give it away to others. We thank you for an amazing discussion and time together now. In Jesus' name, amen.